2015, and this is episode number 47 of the Sports Fathers, where priests attempt to talk about sports. Uh, I'm Father Kyle Sanders of the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and with me is Father Kyle Schnippel. From the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. And joining us is a... um, is a friend of the podcast, I guess we can say, and has helped uh, helped in our com- complete redesign and uh, focus. We have with us uh, Scott Fuller. Of Studio Temporary. How's it going, fellas? Yes, welcome, Scott. Good, to, good for you to be here. Yeah. You might be the first non-priest on the podcast. I've been the first non-thing in a lot of places. I'm just going to say that right now. So, I was the first American. I was the first American in a Korean community center. I was the first designer in my family. I was, you know. So now it just makes sense. Yeah, that's, All right. that's Korean community center. Whoa. Okay. Long story. Yeah, it sounds. Like <laughs> so uh, we want to had we wanted to have Scott on the podcast because uh, if you noticed on our Twitter handle or if you've been to our website of late. Uh, that we have some new images and we have a new logo. Scott, uh, we hired Scott to design that. And really, the, the reason for doing that was we wanted to kind of push forward the podcast. We wanted to put on a new face, kind of embolden ourselves, uh, put a redesign of the website to kind of, well, to get us to do this more often <laughs> by, <laughs> by investing money and, and investing time and, and really putting forth this new look. It was, it was the, um, the desire was to just give ourselves, well, we want to do this more often, and sometimes because of the life of a priest, it's sometimes difficult, but other podcasters are parents, and parents have just as much trouble, so we just, this was a way to kind of challenge us in that way. Um, Absolutely. And so the reason that we chose Scott, because we, you know, there, there's possible opportunities of just like maybe doing this ourselves, which would have been a bad idea, because I don't know anything about graphic design, um, but uh, was we wanted to support small business. We wanted to, uh, to support and give uh, creative work that which is deserves, which is, which is money. Like uh, a lot of times what will happen is that somebody will ask a photographer friend or, um, you know, an artist friend, Hey, could you do this for me? Uh, I don't have any money to pay for you, but I'll give you like exposure. Like <laughs> that, that's not, that's not, um, that's not good. Uh, business that's not charitable that's not building up uh uh you know the community at all so that's that's not the route that we wanted to go so uh we're gonna turn it over to scott scott we you um um i called you and i was like hey this is kind of the idea this is what this is where we're coming from this is where we go how how is that like being being like invited by by uh some people that you've never met to do this this uh, design. Well, what's really kind of funny about this is, you know, I everybody who calls me, I've never met before. So this mm. is kind of like, you know, business yeah. as usual and everything. Okay. That being said, that being said, <laughs> I was sitting at lunch with uh, I was sitting at lunch with some designer friends, and I got a I got a ping, you know, my phone and everything. Of course, I'm, I'm horrible about this. I pull it out, check it instantly. I read <laughs> I read the email. And the first thing I did was I started laughing because I was like, this is so cool. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you not, you know, because if you think about most of the stuff that I normally get, it's, all right, we have, um, you know, we have this logo that needs to be done or this poster, illustration, everything. 
and it's you know each project has its own really cool thing but how often do you get something that said you know we're four or five priests we talk about sports we're called the sports fathers we need a logo immediately i started i started laughing i'm like i've got to do this this is gonna be fantastic so i showed, i told my friends and they were and we were all we all had a good laugh and then i got down to business i said you know what i want to do this you know quote the price back and forth and everything and uh and we went back and forth on this for, I think, for what, about a month and a half or so, just kind of back and forth. Yeah. But, um, you know, you know, and then finally got to sit down and do it. Um, it was, uh, the sketches were great and, uh, you know, the back and forth was, was kind of interesting. But in the end, you know, it came out pretty killer. It did. That, that I would have to, yeah. to say. Yeah. One of the um, one of the things that I said uh, we had talked about, you know, the different, uh, um, you know, the different, you know, things about uh, you know being a priest and everything and that and how to mix kind of that in sports and still keep it classic. And my whole thought behind this thing was, I want to make sure that if we put this thing on a button, they could clip it to their collar and it would be okay. You know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's what I kind of came up with. But it was it was a lot of fun. So, uh, like, we, Father Daryl, Father Father Corey, a few of the other priests, when we started talking, we're like, we have no idea what we want. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so it's like every designer's best, uh, you know, best nightmare come true. You know, you know, six bosses and no one has an idea. <laughs> like, all I can say is if I can get, you know, six or seven priests to agree on one thing, I've accomplished something, okay? <laughs> That's true. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I can tweet about that. I can tell my grandkids about that. You know, I mean, this is just, this is huge. Yeah. You know, something along along these lines. But, um, you know. So, so yeah. what brought you to this particular design? Like, like uh, uh, we're going to, uh, of course, have a, a picture of it in the show notes. And uh, uh, you, you probably see it now on your podcast icon. Uh, but where, how did you come up with this particular design? Well, one of the things that you uh, said from the beginning was, you know, it's not just, you know, four priests just kind of sitting down. We're talking, okay, we'll, we'll conference each other in. We'll talk about some stuff or whatever. But it's like, no, you imagine four or five of us guys, you know, sitting around a table, having a drink or something and just talking about that. And you cover so many you cover so many topics. I mean, everything from hockey, of course, to you know, to to football, to uh, a little bit of baseball, and I mean, the World Cup and everything going on right now. So you cover so many different things. So trying to focus in on one, uh, you know, one item or one one direction might have not been the best idea. So having a generic, not necessarily generic, but having something a really special kind of an icon that you guys can kind of slap on on things like that really really made the most sense um so it started out started out ended up being a um this idea of you know four people sitting around a table um why did i choose four because that was the best shape that i could come up with with four people (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know quite honestly that was it you know it's like three Mm -hmm. would have been a little weird a little bit weird four very very good number and um you know, all right, so there's four people sitting around a table. My original thought was having, you know, the, if you look at the icon, that could be the, you know, their arms, it could be, you know, the collar, it could be something along those lines, but it ended up making a really, really nice graphic uh, shape that can be pulled off just by itself, could be used in, in that kind of a, a patch 
uh, looking, you know, thing that I designed for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, had a t-shirt, you know, really, really sharp on the podcast uh, uh, icon and everything itself. And that was, you know, the other thing, you know, making sure, you know, that these things work in in small places. You know, it's going to be, you know, a couple, you know, 50 pixels by 50 pixels or whatever on a, on a little iPhone screen you know, or yeah. on somebody's computer, you know, and people, you know, and designers in the past, they thought about that type of stuff when they were, you know, when they were designing with, you know, sh- uh, smaller shapes and, you know, very, very specific things, you know, getting everything down to just kind of the bare essentials, only what it needed. And, um, I feel like that's coming back a little bit more nowadays, especially with having to, you know, design for web and, and apps and everything like that. But for me, um, it's kind of how I work on a day-to-day basis, but, that was kind of the, you know, why I chose the direction that I went for you guys. So when I first, when I saw it first, my first, I was driving, so it was probably unsafe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, pa- I thought you were a passenger when we were texting. Uh, I was when I was texting, but when I first got yeah. it, I was driving. Oh, okay. When I first got the email, uh, I ended up, I was driving back from uh, Southern North Carolina. Uh, thankfully, uh, we stopped in had some lunch and then after i asked uh uh somebody because we were in a caravan i asked one of the people in the other car if they could uh take the wheel so i could look at this and also i really needed to sleep uh because it was a long drive and i didn't sleep well the night before and um so i look at it, i was like well look at this i was like i've never I d- this is not what i imagined but as scott and i started talking as i started looking i was like wow this is so cool it it um the four guys, you know, Sky. One of the things that you said, it looks like they're they're both holding a. All four of them are holding a beer mug, uh, or like a beer glass over the table. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool and that's appropriate. Um, yeah. But it also looks like um, it looks like uh, all four priests are in the Oron's position. You know, the opening up, they're celebrating mass, like all at this this one table. It was like there was like this double this double image of, of community, both in, uh, just enjoying conversation, but also the community of entering into worship in that particular way. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I just thought that was, that was a, a serendipitous thing. And then when we saw the, 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 uh, the home plate image, we're like, oh, that's cool. Um, I was just going to mention the home plate image is such an iconic image of baseball, sports, in general, to have that on top of a home plate image just really brings it all together, too. Yeah. Uh, so, th- so that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, there's some, you know, I mean, there's there's a million different ways, I think, that, you know, maybe, maybe you try this or try that, or, you know, you try something that's in these days. But... Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily take you after all those fads and everything. And, you know, having something that was just the basic, here's the basic shapes. You know, I basically use four shapes throughout the whole thing. You know, there's four shapes. Yeah. work really, really nice together. Nice, solid, you know, type across the top. It just says what, it says what you do. Still makes a good impression. Mm-hmm. Without being flashy and, uh, you know, and, and, and just and crazy or, or hipster. Yeah. Even hate that yeah. word, you know. But I just, <laughs> but it just—that's what I like about you know just just the design in general. It just works. Mm-hmm. Like if you mm-hmm. look at um, 
there's a friend of mine named uh, Todd Radom. He and he is uh, I've I've gotten to know some incredible sports designers over the years, uh, really over the last year, really, and some some of their stuff and it's amazing. But uh, Todd posted a picture a couple of uh, about a month or so ago about some of the old logos, the old you know Hartford Whalers logo or the uh, um, the Philadelphia Flyers or something like that. Mm-hmm. So beautiful and simple and iconic and just. Very, very nice. Completely different from a lot of the things that are, you know, some of the sports logos that are coming out there today, oh. a lot of which are amazing. But yeah. things like that that can last and mm-hmm. last and last and last for 40, 50 years, to me, are just, they're so beautiful. And, you know, that's kind of the direction that, you know, I decided that I wanted to, uh, to you know, to take it with you guys. Yeah. I'm going to go off off uh, off schedule and off topic. Speaking of sports logos, my favorite sports logo, and you you see it every so often just because people like the logo so much, is the Montreal Expos. The team no yeah. longer exists, but that logo yeah. was the the bomb. It was just the the way the colors and the image and it was ah that was yeah by far my favorite. And it, it, and the old Montreal Expos logo, I love the uh, Milwaukee Brewers ball and glove logo oh, yeah. as one of my mm-hmm. favorite logos. Because, again, they all have like a bunch of hidden meaning or multiple layers of meaning mm-hmm. in them, too. So, like the ball and glove logo has an M and a B in it as well for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While also just being a ball in a glove. Yeah. You know, and, and you see some of that reflected in this where there's a lot of different layers. Is that... Uh, inverse of a Roman collar is that four guys holding a beer and chatting is yeah. that you know, whatever that is. So there's a lot of different. Uh, you can you can take that the way the image is is presented in a lot of different directions. So it's I think that it, it looks great and I'm I'm really stoked by it. So yeah, well, it's good and it's and it's good to hear. You know, especially you know you coming out in public and saying that you enjoy it. I mean that's that in and of itself is cool. It's like that's kind of cool, you know. But to come out and and talk to all the thousands of people listening to us and saying that, you know, that you enjoy it. That's, that's kind of cool. Man, I would love if we had a thousand people listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that changes. Wait, 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 wait. That changes everything. We got to talk about that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're working on. <laughs> uh, but a nice, attractive logo attracts you in search, in, search, in podcast searches. So, um, yeah. This will yeah. definitely aid in that, just in general, um, and yes. and really, that's part of the intention is that we want to move forward. We want to kind of uh, get a little bit um, deeper into uh, entering into the community of the podcast community, into the the Catholic New Media community, into uh, the sports podcast community, and and so this is kind of that intention, and so. For you that are listening, is there anything that you want to hear that we haven't talked about or don't talk about? Is there a sport that you love that you would love to hear priests conversate about? You know, if that's curling or cross country, I don't know. We could probably find a priest that does cross country. Um, you know, or um, did you want us to focus on a specific team or to to um, or to shut up about this other sport that you don't really care about? You know, uh, to let us know because uh, that's what we're here to to kind of build up community in that regards. Absolutely, and and I think that that's the great thing about. Father Kyle, you're down in Louisiana. I'm mm-hmm. here in Ohio. Uh, Father Corey and Father Daryl up in uh, 
the tundra of the, of the upper Midwest uh, out that way. You know, so we, we, we have different sports that are prominent in different areas. And mm-hmm. so we can, but we, I'm a sports junkie. I'll watch about anything on TV. So Pretty I much. can, you know, I'll, I'll talk about anything I can. So <laughs> I can talk about just about everything except hockey. Uh, which is which is I'm very glad that there are six other priests that can talk hockey. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that is one sport that we do not do in New Orleans at all. There is no. <laughs> I was surprised when yeah. my high school had a intramural like skate hockey team. I was like, y'all, you play hockey? There, you, you, <laughs> we, there's no ice. Yeah, we we play it on on rollerblades. Oh uh, yeah, that's no. Not the same. Not the same. Well, I've, I now I actually play. It's kind of weird. I actually played roller hockey, street hockey, for a couple of years uh, when I was growing up. So, uh, so I know I know a little bit about it. I haven't you know played in a while. We used to play in the cul-de-sac, or one of my buddies had like this huge uh, uh, flat. That's the key word. Flat driveway where we could play that. Nice. And um, and then I played. Um, what is it? I played. Um, I played left, and then I played on the left side in uh, in hockey, and then a little bit of goalie as well. Huh. Okay. So well, it was kind of fun. Well, that kind of moves us into uh, the next topic. We kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like how we got into sports. So Scott, you were mentioning that you played a little bit of roller hockey. Any any other sports that, that kind of as you were growing up that that you were just totally immersed in? Oh, baseball! Baseball, absolutely. Um, the um, I remember my first game. Uh, was it 19, uh, oh man, 1991, uh, back at a Braves first game, Braves game. Uh, man, remember my, my dad, uh, my dad took me, I uh, went with my whole little league team. Oh, wow. We marched, we got to march around the field and kind of play on the oh, field great. and whatever. Yeah, oh, it was cool. cool. I met a, met a couple of the, um, the Braves players. Um, if, if anybody else on here remembers, uh, Steve Bedrosian. It's been a while since he's played mm-hmm. or whatever, but um, he was actually from uh, from my area. He played on the Twins for a little bit, and then he came and he was a setup guy for the Braves. Um, and his son played in my little league, the little league that I played in. Um, actually, uh, played against uh, Steve Bedrosian's uh, son, and uh, he used to come to the games or whatever, and uh, like he would sign balls to the kids and everything. It was really cool. Um, and then that little league field was about uh, about a two minute drive um, from where I grew up, mm. and I played there for good night. I played there for eight years. It was um, it was an absolute blast all the way up to high school. That's crazy. I actually yeah. played baseball uh, growing up. My dad really wanted me to play baseball. Uh, I couldn't mm-hmm. hit the ball to save my life. <laughs> I had I had I could catch the ball just about mm-hmm. anywhere. Uh, and I had a pretty good throwing arm, uh, so I could, you know, I usually played outfield for that reason. Um, and I was usually uh, eighth or ninth in the batting line. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I played till I was 13, and I was like, I don't really care about this enough to continue. But my passion uh, growing up was, was uh, basketball. I I really wanted to play basketball. They're, like I was set that I was going to be the next Muggsy Bogues because I was short and I still am. I'm five foot two, five foot three. So you know, uh, <laughs> well, you got the height. You got the height thing down yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to be the next Muggsy Bogues. This was before Space Jam. This was before like you know, and I was so I was a fan of the Charlotte Hornets from like 
19, like I knew what basketball was in like 1989, 1990. And I was like big, big Hornets fan and loved to play basketball and tried out for the high school basketball team. And uh, my, my, my energy was not matched by uh, the, my musculature. <laughs> so I just like, I, I couldn't, I could, I could steal, I could um, play defense, but I, I couldn't get the ball to the net which is kind of difficult um, to, if you're going to play basketball at a highly competitive yeah. level. Now, once, yeah, I, that, once I got older and my musculature like grew and I was able to like do that, it was fine. And I played a lot of pickup ball and uh, nearly lost my foot actually playing basketball. Uh, but that's nice. another story, and I don't want to you know, gross everybody out that's listening. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that, that was, it was that and then golf. I grew up, I started at the age of seven playing golf. I, I actually played golf uh, on the high school golf team. Um, mm. And um, so, uh, and still today, is pr- it's probably the sport that I play the most, uh, mostly because of the basketball injury. Uh, but uh, yeah, so those were the, and I played soccer and I played one year of football. That was hilarious. Because uh, <laughs> I'm tiny, and I was even tinier then. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was really funny. Uh, but yeah, I played soccer in a little bit, and played soccer, intramural soccer in college. But uh, yeah, that's kind of was my um, my growing up. Okay. What about so, Father Kyle the Greater? Father Kyle the Greater, the older. Um, <laughs> uh, didn't you? Know, I played a little bit of like little league baseball growing up, but uh, I had a an awful talent issue, as in a lack of talent issue. So I didn't. But baseball was certainly the sport that I grew up being the biggest fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, 1990 was uh, seems like uh, that was this the year that sold me because it was the year I grew up two hours north of Cincinnati. But uh, that was the year the Reds went wire to wire first place in their division and then swept the A's in the World Series to win the World Series and I was like I was hooked uh, from that moment oh, on and, and just have been a, a fan of the you know, always was a fan of the Reds and can remember going to Reds games with with my with my parents with my family with my grandparents uh, and just it was always such an important you know such a it was it was a big outing to go to a game i don't remember my first game i don't remember things like that but it was always something important uh and then i remember uh, uh i remember uh who was it chris sabo's glasses we'll just, yeah the we'll go with the, uh, the rex oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah man uh, oh, he yeah. was he was something else um and then uh <laughs> As far as playing sports, I played a little bit of basketball. Uh, I I ran for a while. I was just I was never really good at any one particular sport, um, and so but I just enjoyed playing on a sort of a pickup level. Mm-hmm. We would play pickup just in uh, among my family. We're in a big family, so uh, we'd play on the back driveway and and do different things like that. So we'd have a wiffle ball tournament when we were oh, all together man. and things like that. Yeah, so it was just. Uh, crazy things that we did as a big family in in rural western ohio so that's crazy i got so i got into baseball right after that uh and actually okay. been mm-hmm. been to uh been to a few Braves games uh i've been to a few Astros games uh i i went to a Giants game in in San Francisco um before the new stadium back in like, okay. the early 90s um 
So, like, even though I don't follow baseball as well as I used to, it would be really cool to be able to go to all the, st- the stadiums just to experience that. So, like, that's actually, one of my actually, bucket list things. I actually have a really cool story about um about stadium in general. This is kind of, like, solidified. I was already huge into baseball and everything. I played a lot of basketball, too, growing up, but baseball was always kind of the big thing for me. Um, we were in St. Louis for a week, and um, the Cardinals were out of town. I'm not a, I'm not a Cardinals fan, per se, but they'll always kind of hold a special place in my heart. This is back in like 92 or 93. We were up in St. Louis and we went to the old, the old Bush stadium one that, you know, not the new one. Yeah. Um, and, um, I of course got the, you know, the cheap plastic helmets and all the little stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I had, of course, little kid, greatest thing in the world. Right. But one of the groundskeepers was there or whatever. And he let me go out on the field Oh. He took me out to center field and opened the door and just said, go. I walked out center like center field or whatever in the middle of a completely empty Bush Stadium. Wow. And it was it was amazing to me. Like yeah, as a little kid, I mean you see it you see the baseball fields and everything and you figure, oh, they're pretty big. It was monstrous. <laughs> and, oh they're huge. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. From, and from and as a seven year old as a seven-year-old, I was probably about as tall as you know, as as you know, Father Kyle is right now. But you know, I mean, I, I walked out. <laughs> so I walked out, and it was just, it was amazing, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was something else. Wow. I haven't, I haven't. Yep. So I have the only time that I've been on a professional sports field is I was a Boy Scout, and in the. 2000 Super Bowl was here in New Orleans uh, at the Superdome. Uh, it was the Patriots versus the uh, the Packers. I don't know if y'all remember that game. Um, I think that was the that was I think the Packers won, or did I can't remember. Drew Bledsoe. Anyway, so we like there's you know everybody who goes to the Super Bowl gets this fancy little package that they put on each seat so we were going around as like a service project to put on this you know these little packages on all the seats throughout the superdome and then after all of the the all of these boy scout volunteers from around the city were then on the field then looking up at this huge massive i was i was like wow and then I, that was the first time I'd ever touched turf. I was like, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> I do never, <laughs> never, I'm, I was never, I would never want to play on this. I never want to play on this. And yeah, I don't know how the whole, the whole Women's World Cup is being played on turf, which I can't imagine playing soccer on turf. That's just a totally uh, new concept. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. I guess soccer, uh, turf for soccer is they, they cut it. It's a little shorter it's, than yeah. turf for football. Certainly. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I've been down on the Bengals field a couple times. Um, my first assignment as a priest was teaching high school, uh, here in Cincinnati. And, uh, each year we had a game at, at Paul Brown stadium where the Bengals play. And mm-hmm. I was on the field for that. And yes, it is different because the field, then the field that they play at the, the home field, Actually, is turf now too? Is field turf as well? So, uh, but it was a little different than when it was, you know, a grass field, and you kind of had to adjust a little bit to it. But it, it, it's such a different experience looking up at the stands and seeing seeing how big those places are. Oh my gosh! It 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 uh it puts into perspective how focused those players need to be. 
to be able to, yeah. to, to, there's so many people watching, not just in the stands, but if there's, it's on TV, there's so many people watching that you have to really be focused in what you're doing. Uh, and so mad respect for pro- professional athletes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for the athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so we're going to go now after reminiscing, uh, and we could probably do this for another two hours. <laughs> easily uh, going from one story to another. But we're going to kind of do a little sports roundup of what's been going on in the world of sports. We're going to start last weekend was, not last weekend, the weekend before was the U.S. Open, uh, the golf tournament not the tennis tournament. Uh, and it was, it's the, the, the second of four Grand Slam events. Uh, and Jordan Spieth, the 21-year-old American, won uh, with, I believe, uh, with four under. Which, four under, yeah. Uh, which this, this course uh, in uh, Washington just destroyed the entire group. Everybody, nobody could handle it. They thought it was, they thought it was poor, they, poorly uh, designed, poorly upkept. Uh, and there was quite a few players, uh, golfers, that were just, they were angry at it. But uh, it was it was kind of depressing the way that that Spieth won. Spieth was basically just the most focused of the golfers uh, and tried to make the least amount of mistakes. And that's really what like sometimes you know you can uh, you can win after you know getting a few mistakes because you can get birdies again. But just the way that the course and psychologically it messed with a lot of the players that he was just the the most. Consistent. He didn't let the he didn't let the mistakes affect him. Yeah. As much as some as it did some of the others, mm-hmm. and so you know, in, in his final round, seventeen, he just just I mean, yeah. he, he, he was awful in seventeen. He had yeah. what a double bogey on seventeen. Yeah. Came back on eighteen and made birdie oh. or par. He made birdie. Just yeah. was yeah, made birdie. Mm-hmm. And and the next guy coming after him just couldn't. You had this had a very similar putt mm-hmm. uh, that he did and just didn't make it. So so and and dropped him back. And it's never it's never fun to win because somebody else messed up. <laughs> like, yeah, like he was yeah. already finished the you know this guy had it all to win. I mean, like he he Dustin Johnson was all ready to win his first. Right. It was his first uh, tournament back probably in like three or four months uh, after being gone for a little while. And um, and so yeah, he three putted the final hole. He was uh, if he would have two putted, he would have won. So uh, or they would have gone on to a, a, a another eighteen hole playoff, which would have been crazy. I'm glad that didn't oh, happen. Um, I would have loved that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I would have been able to watch, but I would have loved it. I have to take you guys a, a word on that. I I can't remember the last time I watched golf ever. So <laughs> that's okay. Some to, some people don't like to watch golf. <laughs> I have to admit, I my my oldest niece got married that weekend, so I didn't. I, but I so I stayed home about two hours north, and so I watched the first hour of the final round. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the leaders' final round, they got in a car and drove back to the to the rectory here and listened to it on the radio. If you think golf is boring on TV, oh my gosh! Oh, uh, it's horrendously boring on the radio. <laughs> oh, I would not man. do that for fear of falling asleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so we're going to move from slow pace to fast pace in basketball. Uh, 
we could talk about all the it's in the off season, uh, but the big news as of late is that Kevin Love uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers has opted out of his contract after just one year at Cleveland. And the question is, will he stay there? Will he move on? Uh, that's kind of the big question as of late. And Father Kyle, the greater, since you are are in Ohio, what you got? What you got for us? Uh, I don't have a whole lot. I've been really busy this weekend, so I wasn't able to catch up on news, and I didn't see much coverage of the draft. But you, from what I've heard, and and Cleveland's the opposite side of the state from from Cincinnati. We don't really mix a lot. So <laughs> heard LeBron did the same thing. He opted out, but they're mm-hmm. talking about both of them will re up with Cleveland. Yeah. At least for one one more year to uh, to go after the the title with uh, Kyrie Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I always want to say so, Kyrie, but that's just the priest. Yeah. That's just the priest in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean so they'll they'll you know th- I think they'll run up. I mean obviously LeBron's not going anywhere. Um, as far as Kevin Love, from what I understand, he's probably going to stay. And then if anything else, they'll do the shorter contracts to um, either give him more flexibility when. I mean, what is it? Uh, Twenty. I mean, twenty fifteen is a big year for some of the free agents, but twenty sixteen mm-hmm. is going to be massive. Yeah. I mean, just oh, really? unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's probably a, you know keeping the cap space available or different things mm-hmm. like that. But um, I yeah, think he'll that's stay. A, that's a uh, from what from what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I, I guess the whole deal is if LeBron wants you there, then you're kind of there, I guess. But uh, I think he's going to stick around. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Can't stay the same. Yeah. Can't stay the same for uh, you know. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Love, it's kind of up in the air because he didn't really get a lot of playing time, and there's so many other talented guys, especially that did well during the playoffs this year. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Um, moving on to football, there is talk, or has there's been talk for way too long. Basically, since the Rams left Los Angeles, that there will be a franchise that's going to move back to Los Angeles. That talk seems to be getting a little bit louder and a little bit more substantial. Uh, And there was news this week that the NFL is looking for possible venues for said mystery franchise. They were looking at Dodger Stadium, uh, the the Angels Stadium in Anaheim, the Rose Bowl, the uh, StubHub Center, which is the the soccer stadium for the LA Galaxy. Uh, I just find this interesting uh, because I I think that the Rams left because it wasn't economically sustainable. So I, I don't. Yeah, it's football. It's the NFL. They print money in the offices. I mean, <laughs> how how is it not ec- economically feasible? I mean, come on. E- even the Jaguars are making gobs of cash. So I I just don't buy that argument. And they're, and they're a college uh, team. I mean, that's just I know. <laughs> oh, the yeah. So the owner of the Jaguars is the owner of the the England English soccer team that I follow. Uh, so, right. Uh, right. That's um, that's a totally another thing. But he he's he seems to be uh, doing the same, or at least allowing the same thing to happen at the English soccer team. That they're just they've got a lot of young talent and a lot of young guys. So it's going to take a few years to rebuild. But anyway. Um, so what if if you were to have a franchise, which stadium would you want to play in, or which stadium would you want to watch football in? Well, I, obviously, I've never been to any of them. Uh, I think the Dodgers. I, I'm not a big fan of converting a baseball stadium mm-hmm. into a football stadium. I, I just don't think it works. They're laid out differently. 
So I would vote for the Rose Bowl just because it's the iconic stadium in, in Southern California. Yeah. But, but that's just me. I don't think it has the same numbers maybe that a lot of other like professional football stadiums have size-wise and the number of people, fans that it can bring in. So I don't know okay. if that's part of it as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, but then again, some, like, some, of the, some of the stadiums in college football are larger than professional stadiums. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ohio State seats 105,000, which is huge. That is massive. Uh, uh, and, and the Bengals are lucky to get 70. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, That's also the but, Bengals and Ohio State. You know? Well, yeah. Ohio State's just there. Well, I went to I went to Ohio State for a year, and it's just insanity on on Saturday football games. But um, sure. that's a whole different story. Yeah. Uh, moving from uh, from football to hockey, hockey. I know nothing about anything with regards to hockey, but the Edmonton Oilers, which are Father Andrew, who is one of our other sports fathers, it's his team. I tried to get in contact with him, but uh, it didn't work out. Uh, they had the first pick in the draft and picked Connor McDavid. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but they had the first pick. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. And and hockey is more like uh, baseball because they have the, the farm systems. Oh really? uh, For development players. Yeah. There's the, the AHL. um, And so they have like a, a double A system and a triple A system as in baseball. So they, they can develop players a little bit slower uh, they do bring players. You the top draft picks do tend to uh, go into uh, go right to the to to the NHL. But but I again I don't know a whole lot. I don't know enough about uh, the hockey draft system to know to comment besides that. So that's interesting. I did not know that. I you learn something new every day. This was yeah. that thing. There's a farm right. system in in hockey. Did not know that. Yeah, we have a farm system. We have a farm team here. Uh, the uh, Cincinnati Cyclones are a, a minor league team, so for hockey. We actually had a minor league team in New Orleans for a while called the Brass. That didn't last very long. <laughs> the Brass. The Brass. Oh, for like the brass band. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, it, yeah. I think people went just so they could see people fight, but that might just be hockey in general. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, what was it? The old joke. I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that very well may be. <laughs> uh, soccer. We have the Women's World Cup going on right now. There are two games left. We are in the semifinals, and the U.S. is in the semifinals against Germany. Yes. Um, and uh, Japan is playing against England. I am excited. <laughs> Unfortunately, I made prior plans to knowing that there would be a semifinal game tonight, so I won't be able to watch the game. Um, but uh, I am looking forward to uh, to hearing about it uh, on via text message during the movie. <laughs> I, will, I will be that guy in the movie theater. Right. But, uh, okay. Just sit in the back yeah, row, the, you, everything will be fine. <laughs> that's right, so you don't distract everyone else. <laughs> the, the fun fact I heard uh, this morning listening to the radio was um, Germany has scored the most goals in the tournament so far hmm. for a women's, women's tournament. They have 20 goals, and the U.S. has given up one goal that so far. That is going so, to be interesting. The, so that's that's yeah. what surprised me. We, I, both uh, Zach and I kind of talked uh, in, in previous podcasts about, uh, you know, we were afraid that, that the U.S. were not going to, their defense was not going to be solid, but it has been by far the best defense uh, in the tournament, and it's been impressive. Uh, 
And uh, so who do you think will win? I I haven't caught a, a single game. That doesn't but mean I'm, anything. I, I'll still root. I'm, obviously, I'm rooting for the home team. You're rooting for the U.S. So. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, it's in Canada, but that's pretty much home. Right, right. That's like neutral yeah, territory. Like- that's like neutral territory right there. <laughs> that can't be taken into consideration. <laughs> so all the Canadians on this podcast are watching or at the Women's World yeah, Cup games, I guess, be. or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> A very polite. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. I think I'm going to go for the U.S. I think that, uh, especially with this, um, I mean, we still have, you know, Abby Wambach and all those guys, you know, mm-hmm. and everything, or girls and everything like that. I think it's, I think it's going to work out just fine. I'm going for picking for the U.S. And then, uh, I think it's going to be a U.S. and, uh, I'm going to say Japan is going to take England out. Um, my wife is part Japanese, so I will uh, I can support both of these things and actually win. So that'll be kind of cool. Um, but no, I'm going for um, uh, I'm going for the uh, I'm going for U.S. and Japan in the final U.S. to take it all, um, and it will be a very it will be a single digit score. That's what I'm going with. I am afraid okay. that it will be an exact repeat of the previous world cup and it will go to penalty kicks oh. and and then my heart my that. heart Ugh. will hurt i will probably be, if that happens because I, I i have a feeling that it might uh that it's going to be that that final game is going to be a close game between the u.s and japan that it might go to penalty kicks again and i as soon as they do that yeah i might start it's crying. <laughs> penalty kicks are such a it's a coin flip you, you yeah. it's just the same with shootout in hockey. That's why I love NHL, the playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They don't go to shootouts. They keep playing until they win. Yeah. And and that's how, especially at this stage of the World Cup, oh, don't go to penalty kicks. Don't go PK. But it, but, but the, way that, the way that it physically works, I don't know if you could play for much longer before people start passing right. out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's true. At least in hockey, you can sub in and yeah, out. So yeah, you only true. have three subs in soccer, and that, that, that kind of, you know, if you're playing 120 you're minutes and you're basically, you're, you're running around with a ball, uh, you know, close to half a marathon or something like that, you know, so yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, okay, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. I'm not saying it's the most merciful way, but I'm just saying that <laughs> uh, there is some mercy in the penalty kicks, and as much as uh, it doesn't require you to run. <laughs> yeah. Um, baseball. Baseball, uh, June, July 14th, rather, uh, is the all-star game. and the all- Here in Cincinnati, yeah. by really? the way. Hey. Yeah, yeah, it's here. Are you going? Team. Uh, no, because uh, <laughs> no. tickets are insanely expensive. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. People and their money. Um, yeah. Anyway, the all-star ballot uh, ends July 2nd, so uh, we will put a link in the show notes for you uh, baseball fans to not forget to to vote for your favorite teams and players. Todd Frazier, Todd Frazier, third baseman for the Reds. We could use some votes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. <laughs> Scott, is there anybody that you want? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I've uh, I'm not big on the you know the All Star game voting and everything like that. I don't go like that far into it. I just enjoy watching the games. You know, for now, um, yeah. Yeah. Bray, uh, my team's in a little bit of a rebuilding year, so I don't know, know how that's going to go. But um, you know, we, Braves, yeah, Braves, right? Yeah, Braves are in yeah, a little bit of a rebuilding year. But, oh, so are um, the Reds. They just don't know it. They've been in. A, <laughs> never mind. Okay. 
So, <laughs> anyways, the, well, there's a, the big news about the All Star Game and the ballot for the vote was the Royals a couple weeks ago had seven of the eight position players were leading their ballots, were leading vote getter, getters. Really? And what? I, yeah. And what was fun about this in 1957? The same thing happened, but it was Cincinnati. Uh, the Reds, they voted in seven of the eight position players as starters for the the National League for the All-Star game. And so it's just a it's an interesting flip that now another team is doing it when they're coming to Cincinnati and, and a, an interesting connection. I put a link to a story from ESPN on the uh, on uh, about that story too, about that connection with with what That's the Reds crazy. did and how they handled it and uh, one of uh, Gus Bell, of the great Bell family of uh, baseball players, he was he was voted in, but then got bumped. The the commissioner of baseball bumped him and replaced him with someone named Willie Mays. You might have heard of him, um, and he's like he's quoted in the story. He's like, yeah, I can't really be upset. I got replaced by Willie Mays. You know what? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, so. It's, uh, so I. I'm going to be honest, I haven't followed baseball in a long time, but one of the things that I remember as a kid looking forward to was the home run derby. Uh, but I heard that there are significant changes that have happened in the format this year. What's yes. that about, Father Kyle? It's it's no longer, like, in previous years you got 10 outs, so which were 10 swings where you didn't make a home run. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, now it's a bracketed, it's... Uh, a bracketed now. tournament of eighteen, uh, eight players, and it's time to get five minutes. And it's like, what? Wow. How does this work? So, so it's just, and there's weird rules about if you hit two home runs over 420 feet, you get an extra 30 seconds added on. It is just insanely. So it's going to be forever long, is what it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know if they tried to like shorten it, and it's just they just really went strange with how they did it, it or they tried to make it. I, I just baseball is not a time sport. Don't put a timer on baseball <laughs> again. So I'm interested in see what's going on. I mean, I'm you know we'll you know we'll Cespedes you know win it for a third year in a row. I mean you know now that Stanton's out, that's kind of you know kind of blows that wide open. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It'll be an, it'll be an interesting bit. I know that uh, you know with the whole some of the timed things that people are doing, you know, with baseball and everything. I know a lot of the older. You know, older folks, you know, older generation or whatever in baseball, not a big fan of it. But I'm, uh, I'm interested in seeing how, um, you know, seeing how that's going to turn out. And uh, just a little off topic here, I wasn't able to jump in there at the beginning, but I'm actually a pretty big fan of that All Star Game logo. I love the old, the old, old school hat and the, the yeah. must. They brought the stash. Yeah, the mustache. Back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the, and, and I have to tell you, they have embraced the stash in Cincinnati. There are mustache benches placed all around downtown right now for, awesome. in promotion for the All Star Game. So they have fully embraced the stash, and it's it's like get your stash on, and all these hashtags for Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and so it's uh, the Reds. The Reds are probably one of the top. Uh, uh, major league franchises or top pro sports fran- franchises as far as social media engagement with their fans and they have just gone hog wild with it and it's really funny to it's it's a fun funny kind of just all the different things that they're doing around the city right now that's awesome that i, I didn't know what it's y'all great. are talking about uh but now looking at it that is pretty sweet <laughs> um mm-hmm. i wish i could grow a mustache <laughs> like that my dad has a mustache just like that uh 
which is uh, without the curl. But uh, yeah. Nice. Anyway, uh, off topic again. Facial hair. Um, <laughs> so speaking of facial hair, uh, Wimbledon. Uh, that was a really bad segue. Mm. Um, <laughs> Just a little uh, bit. We have, <laughs> uh, we have, to my knowledge, never talked about tennis uh, here on the Sports Fathers podcast. And so since uh, I didn't hear anything in Scott's story or in Father Kyle's story or in my story about tennis, we we're going to talk about something that we have no knowledge about. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Wimbledon. Uh, Wimbledon is this uh, traditional uh, tennis tournament. It happens on grass, which is, I think, one of the few uh, grass played tournaments. Most of them are on clay. So it slows the serves down a little bit and and makes it, there's a lot of tradition. Everybody has to wear white, uh, which I hope they're not eating spaghetti uh, in between. Um, so that's just, uh, yeah, yeah uh, bad. So we're going to go ahead and pick whom we think should win uh, the male and female <sighs> brackets. There's also the doubles, but that's so complicated, and I don't know what that means. Uh, so we're not going to talk you're, about You're that. killing me, Father Kyle. You're killing me. I Ugh. Jeez, I yeah, I have no idea about tennis. Ugh. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking actually, up scores. Uh, just fellas, I'm. I know I do logos and I know I, I sketches and everything like this, but I can actually help with this. I can Go actually ahead. help with uh, this. I'm a fan. Okay, I'm you a are. fan. Okay, uh, weird kind of segue into this. I played uh, not just tennis, but uh, table tennis, uh, ping pong, or whatever. I actually junior Olympics, all that kind of stuff. I went and did that when I was a kid and teenager and everything. But I'm also a big, big fan of tennis uh, in general. Was actually That's watching crazy. it. Wow. Was actually watching it while I was working this morning. So huh. there we go. Huh. Okay. So, so my take. So enlighten us. Okay. Um, my take. Um, let's see. Nadal's not in the top. Uh, he's not. He, he's the ten seed. I can't remember the last time that he's been a seed. Uh, you know, that it wasn't a single digit. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what is it? I saw. I saw Djokovic play uh, yesterday, and then uh, I saw Murray's match and Federer's match uh, later on or earlier today. Um, I don't know. I mean, Djokovic looks pretty good. I think that that um, you know the last tournament that he he lost to uh, uh, you know to Federer's teammate there, um, you know Warinka or whatever. I think that might still be weighing on him a little bit. Um, Federer, I know, has been kind of up and down and everything over the last couple of uh, the last couple of years, but he looks he looks strong, very very strong this year. So. I uh, saw Murray play. I mean, hometown Kai, I understand. But I'm thinking, I'm actually going to th- um, look at a Federer um, possibly to win it on the wow. men's side. Um, I know I know, I said something a little different in the notes, but that was before I saw them play. So I saw them play, yeah, and I'm calling, okay. uh, I'm calling Federer is going to have one last hurrah and, uh, and uh, take home uh, Wimbledon title number eight. Um, on the women's side, I've got to say Serena. I mean... She, you know, she's still as, you know, what is it? Um, you know, she's still dominating. Yeah, I mean, still as dominating as she has been. She's still as focused and uh, and everything. And she has shown. I mean, nothing, nothing to change my mind that anybody else might be able to take. Anyone might be able to take her down. So I'm going to go with Federer and Serena. Yeah, I mean, isn't she in on 
uh, task to to do a grand slam this year? Yeah, it's called, what it's called is a um, if if you win all four slams in one year, it's kind of the grand slam. But she's working on what's called the Serena Slam, basically, where she won like uh, uh, what is it? She's won the last three tournaments, um, you know, in a row, but not necessarily in a calendar year. So gotcha. If she can, but if she can right. come up and and win the um, you know, win this, you know, win Wimbledon and win the U.S. Open. I mean, that'd be pretty fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, still, I mean, still, right now, the best player on the planet on the women's side. Think she could probably take out a few, uh, quite a few of the, the folks on the men's side too. But uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't <laughs> see. Uh, wow. You know, yeah, I don't. She can embarrass she's me. Something else. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, don't but e- yeah. I don't even. I don't even have a tennis racket. I, I had one. Played yeah, a few times. But. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I'm glad, yeah. uh, glad I could be on there to uh, to help out a little bit with the tennis side. That's cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and again, if if y'all want to hear more tennis, uh, then let us know. We'll try to find somebody. Yeah. Anyway. I'll probably. I think Serena. She just seems like she. The little bit that I looked, she seems like she's just. Uh, she's on. She's on top of her game right now. So I would say her. Uh, on the men's side, I, I'll go with the home guy and, and go with Andy Murray. Just to, yeah, looking at the results from today, he won today, and and so I'll, I'll just go with him and see what happens. So yeah. Uh, before I go, uh, we actually got two of the other uh, sports fathers, or at least sports father and sports seminarian, uh, Father Daryl. <laughs> Um, said uh, Novak Djokovic uh, because he likes the way that his name is pronounced, um, which, okay. okay. Uh, and then he chose the Canadian, uh, Eugenie Beauchard, but I'm pretty sure that she lost today. Uh, oh, that's, he might want to put in a new pick. I yeah, know. I think he's just going to do it anyway. <laughs> he said, he said, should I change? I was like, that's up to you. He's like, she lost. I'll go ahead, you know, so... Um, uh, anyway, Zach, uh, chose, uh, Raphael, 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 is it Raphael or Rafa? Just call him Rafa Nadal. Rafa Nadal. Uh, uh yeah. mostly Rafa. because he wears a headband and that is powerful. Yeah. Uh, and then Maria Sharapova because blonde Russians are good at tennis. <laughs> oh my excellent i saw that in the notes i was like okay i'm not going there oh, uh yeah yeah uh yes but uh yeah uh how did you say her name eugenia eugenie eugenie uh she did lose she lost seven six uh six four to ying ying duan from china oh man well i'm sorry father daryl but um, yeah. sometimes it's good to support the native Canadians, maybe like in hockey, but maybe not in tennis. Uh, <laughs> women's World Cup. Women's uh, World Cup. Other things. They, yeah, they yeah. did pretty good in the Women's World Cup. They did, they did higher than most people expected. Um, okay. For myself, I, I, I can't not support Andy Murray in England just because, you know, I, I, I want him to win just to have that experience of being able to, to win um, – in uh, his home country, and Serena is the one of the greatest female athletes ever. So I, I can't deny that at all. So those are my two picks, Andy Murray and Serena Williams. Um, okay. So we're going to go ahead and close up 
Uh, it has been great, Scott, uh, to talk with you and to hang out and talk sports. Uh, Father Kyle, Father Kyle the Greater as well, because this is the first time that we've been on podcast together. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So only my second appearance. I was one of the other. I I drug uh, Father Darrell along to his first uh, first baseball game a couple weeks ago, and we we chatted about that on a on a recent issue of the podcast so this so, is kind of cool which was great fun so this is the first yeah. time that any one of us has been together on any podcast ever yeah this is yeah. awesome How about i've that? never been <laughs> wonderful i mean yeah. it is yeah that's pretty cool uh well, thank you, uh, whoever you are, for listening. Uh, you can find, uh, Scott, where can they find you on the internet? Okay, um, if you want to uh, see some of my stuff, you can go to thestudiotemporary.com. Um, you can check up, you know, Instagram, Twitter, is all at Studio Temporary. Um, and then I uh, have a big cartel shop where I sell some t-shirts and stickers and posters and prints and everything. Uh, thestudiotemporary.bigcartel.com. So you can find me in a few different places. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, anywhere else, I'll just uh, I'll be here at my desk, you know, sketching up some cool logos. Sweet, excellent, Father Kyle excellent. the Greater. Where can they find you? Uh, probably the best way to find me is on uh, the Twitters at Father Schnipple, uh, Father all written out, and then Schnipple is S C H N I P P E L, and uh, I'm on there a lot and uh, doing a lot of different things. I've been kind of quiet over the weekend. I was painting my house, the interior of my house. My family came came down to help me, so um, kind of replugging in today. So cool. And uh, you can pretty much find me on Twitter, and that's where you can connect to anything else that I'm doing. Um, that's Colonel for God, C O L O N E L, the number four, G O D. Thank you for listening, and God bless.